Millions up for grabs. Retailers closing worldwide. Salespeople losing their jobs. Online sales at an all-time high. Your route to financial freedom. Getting best sellers online. Getting a piece of the action. Learn from the top sellers. Become a top seller. Ecom leaders start now. All right, everybody. Uh, I'd like to welcome a very special guest, Mr. Michael Esty, um, who runs a lot of successful brands on Amazon, as well as is a partner in a very large and hugely successful private label skincare company manufacturer. Right. Okay, uh, which we'll get into. Um, but welcome to the show, Michael. Well, thank you. Uh, great to be here. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, uh, it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, journey, kind of getting along uh, all these different. Have my hands in kind of a lot of these little buckets here. But yeah, I have an Amazon business, uh, also partners in manufacturing business that sells products to the Amazon business, uh, and uh, kind of have my hands in all of those pots. But I'm trying to uh, uh, scale it and grow it every year. We're definitely uh, having a lot of success with it, but uh, there's so many moving parts to it. It's a lot to keep up with at this point, but. There was a beginning where it was just me and uh, myself and my ideas and with one product uh, back in 2014. Nice, nice. That's a great start. That's a fantastic time to have started. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try to ask one question to everybody on the show. And it's going to be good. When did you start? Which you just told me. But how much capital, how much money did you start with? And then how have you approached the subject of loans or scaling? Um, all right. So initially, when I when I started... Uh, I did not have really much capital at all. I think I actually started the whole business with a couple of grand. A uh, couple and, grand, see? Okay, and on a, grand. And yeah. on a, on a yeah. credit card, nonetheless. Nice, nice, yeah. okay. So um, I think what I believe I did is in the beginning, I had to. I actually had to come up with cash. I couldn't use the credit card. So I had to take the cash out of the credit card with a 3% fee mm-hmm. to start off with. Like a cash advance? Yeah, like a cash advance, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Uh, I, I did that with uh, the for, for the initial investment. I think I sent um, a couple hundred, three, 400 products, uh, initially to units, right? Units. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not, not products, uh, individual, uh, uh, units to, uh, Amazon FBA warehouse to when I first started. So I had a couple hundred and I remember when I first started, um, it was, um, I've listed the product. I have no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. and, uh, it was started selling one a week. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> so it was about one a week. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, <laughs> What was your strategy and like, why did you get into this? You know, you got into what, uh, creams or, or something like that? Uh, yeah. So the initial category that, well, the little background story, I, I grew up in cosmetics and skincare. My, oh, okay. my parents had a cosmetic and skincare company from when I was a little whipper, you know, okay. so I was, okay. I was 12 years old. I was actually working in their cosmetics company. Oh, uh, yeah. When I was 12. So oh, nice. Okay. No I, liabilities there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also in California yeah. and we don't have to go to that story, okay. but, but as I grew, as I grew to 16, 17, it was just an industry that I was so familiar with that mm. I actually were working for all these companies that were selling skincare products and I was doing it at uh, trade shows. So I was, mm. so for years from the age of 16, 17, I was traveling around the U S selling products to trade shows. I was familiar with one-on-one sales. Mm. So, and I knew skincare as well. I knew people wanted, I knew all the objections to why they would buy it. So I got familiar by the time. Uh, and I did that, that traveling salesperson selling skincare products till I was about 25. Wow. That's so you, quite some years, maybe seven years. Yeah. About seven years of traveling. I was on a plane three times a week traveling, right. And uh, going to these different trade shows, selling products. 
eventually, the way I really started before I even got into Amazon, uh, I did start my own company uh, with uh, starting my own trade shows. Right. Mm. So I, you wait. You you mean you're taking your brand to trade yeah. shows, or you made your own trade show? So what I did was no, I I uh, I developed a brand. I had a name for it. Yeah. Um, I submitted a trademark, and then I got the labels designed, and I started taking these, and I took these six products to a trade show to try to sell it, and I lost money. Okay. Yeah. So and then I did another trade show, and I lost money. So that's at that point, and I and now I was still back in the traveling game, but mm-hmm. with my own company that was losing money every month, right? <laughs> so now I was in debt, and that's the, the real life of an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was at the beginning. I thought, hey, the company that I'm selling all these products for is uh, making all this making all this money. I'm just working on commission, yep. right? So I was like, cool, I'll be the guy making all the money now. Yeah. Uh, little did I know, you know, yeah, so yeah. Uh, so why were you losing money? Were, was your were your products less successful than the other one? Like the other one had like a kind of brand name to it, or why would you lose money if it's private label but you were doing the same thing? Because I was buying quantities of inventory, um, private label, and uh, I would go to a trade show and um, I couldn't sell or move all that inventory. Um, I didn't have enough sales staff. I didn't have uh, my sales staff weren't educated enough to move that much product mm-hmm. in a single day or a weekend. Uh, so that's, so I'd literally come home from a trade show. So at first I'd invest in the little trade show or craft mm-hmm. show or home and garden show, mm-hmm. right? Where all these people showed up and I pay 1500 bucks to be in there plus the setup fees plus, 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 right? So I'm already two grand into this thing. Uh, and then I now have, um, uh, whatever X amount of dollars invested in inventory as well on top of that. And I couldn't move all the inventory. And then now I need to book the next trade show mm-hmm. because right? it's an expiration I'm guessing or what? Like the product would expire. No, the product no. wasn't going to expire. Okay. I, had two, I had two to three years on the expiration of the okay. product. It wasn't that. It's was just that uh, I didn't clear enough uh, money to pay myself, pay mm-hmm. my staff, mm-hmm. and book the next trade show to keep yeah. going. Right. So it was, mm. I only did. I only really did that for about two weeks, and I was just. I was like, <laughs> this is not going to go anywhere. Right. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, then at that point, uh, that's when I discovered uh, some Amazon training. So I discovered people were basically crushing on Amazon and killing it. Um, now I actually didn't buy the course. I literally figured out. Yeah, there was, I didn't buy any course. I didn't buy any course, course, right? I I literally just started listing products on Amazon myself to see if I could do it myself. Mm. Right. And without paying exorbitant amount of money for some (laughs) course. So, and I did, and I got to selling a product a week. A week. Exactly. That was a raging success. <laughs> raging <laughs> success. So I was making 20 bucks a week, <laughs> uh, for my own business now. Um, uh, so the only thing I did at that point now was I heard about, you know, an Amazon and did you take the same product by the way? I took the same product. I the same one you were selling on the, on the streets, yeah, on, on, on the, the, on the, on the, the trade shows. on the trade show, same product. Oh, I just, I just took one oh, of them. Oh, okay. I needed to move the product. Somehow, so you already right? had a trademark and everything. Yeah. So I went in, I went in a little bit differently than most people. I didn't have to develop that. And these weren't products that I, that I really researched or Mm -hmm. anything. These were just generic cream, like a face and body cream, Mm -hmm. you know, that I was trying to uh, sling at a trade show, you know? So it was just, I listed, so I listed that it wasn't selling. So what I did next was, uh, um, I, I did, I did the, uh, I did buy a course. So I ended up buying this amazing selling machine course, right? So uh, and that taught me enough to uh, learn that I should actually niche my product. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I took that same face and body cream that I was selling and I relabeled it. Mm. And okay, well, you don't have to go into what. Yeah, you I'm not going to go into okay, the label. Okay, yeah. So but, a niche, a niche guy. So for example, that would just be okay. Instead of selling a scissor, you can say like 
this is a barber scissor. Well, of course, the barber scissor is specific, but like it's a scissor for a chicken or something like that. And then that way you're targeting a specific audience as opposed to just, hey, I have a cream or hey, I have selling a scissor or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So that's like, down. That's what that means. Yeah. So you can sell like for in that particular circumstance, like there was, you know, I could sell a face and body cream or I can sell a, you know, anti dark circle mm-hmm. face yeah. cream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, so. it's, and essentially it could be the same cream because, of course, a body cream could go for the eyes. But, of course, there's also different formulations for the eyes that you could do. Yeah, to specify, yeah. As well. In this particular case, it was really a face cream, and it did have, and the, from what I know, from what I know in the market that I already was selling it in, uh, it did work amazing for around the eyes, right? Okay. So, like, that wasn't the issue I chose, but that's a good example okay. of mm-hmm. I can relabel the product, and I can hit on a hole somewhere in the market that no one's really hitting. Back then, yep. there was a there was so many holes, mm-hmm. Uh, correct, right correct. in Amazon that literally like you know you search for a product that you desired that you wanted and there was nobody selling it so there was opportunity and there's still that opportunity it's just now you got to be a little smarter a little more clever yeah yeah back uh, in the day again like people you could launch a lot of things that didn't have a niche like you're saying so it's a more open market but still I mean there's people crushing it from zero today as well it's yeah. just maybe well the difference is back then the audience of Amazon was about a 20th the size of today. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right? Oh. Yeah. So in, in the in the early 2010, 2014, Amazon has, as we've all known, 10X, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, or even higher, right? So then the audience has grown substantially of Amazon. Every year they're growing, right? So that's one thing too. The advantage of today is that uh, there is so many people shopping every hour on Amazon. Back Very then true. there wasn't that many people. Mm. So even if you had an amazing niche, doesn't mean a lot of people were looking for it. Right. So the audience, so the uh, the uh, the visits to your page wasn't as much. Yep. So that's the opportunity now uh, where there's plenty. There's actually an abundance. There's too many shoppers on Amazon. Yeah. And, and there was there was a stat which I like to talk about a lot, which is like the number of active sellers um, th- from last year to this year did not actually change in percentage by very much. But actually, Amazon basically doubled their sales. So it went from like 300 gross marketplace uh, sales, 300 billion to like 500 billion. Almost double, but the sellers, the sellers selling over hundred thousand did not double, right? I did not know that. That's incredible. Yeah. It's okay, so that so means that the market there is, is more, so more, much a lot more opportunity than I thought. Yeah. A lot more, and it's just anyway, it's coming, and of course, e-commerce is growing. So, uh, but okay, cool. So, you, so you did that, you you figured it out, and then that product once you niched it down, started taking off right away, or yep. how? No, you know? it, it was pretty quick actually. So that first product that I had. Uh, after I finally niched it, and now I'm, I'm uh, by this point, by the way, I have no money, and yep. I'm in, I now I think I have uh, I think I was about forty thousand in debt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with no viable sustainable source of income. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, fun, fun, fun. Yeah, times. so it was uh, it was my, my hair was falling out, but um, what what I did was so I niched it, and then um, after I pl- I was literally I think I was so dedicated to making this work that I was in uh, Amazon and doing whatever marketing I knew how to do at that time. Uh, up to 18 hours or 20 hours a day. Yeah. With uh, I was doing it sometimes till four in the morning. What could you what what could you do? You had one product at that time. Uh, yeah, I had one product. So how much can you do? Like that's one actually that's a really good thing because people say like what do I work on all day and a lot of people like check their sales and do this and I'm like, well you I could say things but what about you? What are you doing in those 18 hours? Like you so, have one product that's up. What what could you do to sell it? Uh, a lot of what I a lot of what I did was. Uh, any additional training I could find anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So the one thing I, I knew, I knew that I didn't know how to do this, mm-hmm. right? So obviously I was ready to learn everything I could. Uh, the 
when when going inside of Amazon Seller Central, there are there even I mean there's more now, but back then there was plenty of stuff to look at, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So back then I would spend a lot of my time looking at every single tool. The tool I spent tons of time with and playing with was uh, pay-per-click advertising, yeah, yeah. PPC. Yeah, campaign manager. Campaign manager, right? So um, I, I kept playing with that and seeing, wait a minute, there's more keywords to hit. Mm-hmm. There's more directions to go in here. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute, what if I also used Google's already really well-established pay-per-click advertising platform to link to Amazon? Like, mm-hmm. what if I tried that too? Well, So you're running Google ads to your Amazon page, right? Uh, yeah, okay. in the beginning, I was also testing that out to see what happened. And then I was like, wait a minute, I know that also Facebook advertising is a good source of traffic. Now I'm new to marketing, right? I'm just, I'm just playing with all these things. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I went to Facebook, uh, sending traffic to the Amazon URL as well too, mm-hmm. uh, to my product specifically, I'm just, I was just spending hours just testing to see what worked, what didn't work. Mm. Um, you know, and also then I started making videos on the product. Right. And I was like, cool. Well, that's Any early at that time, like 2014, 2015. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yeah. So I started making videos in the product and, and making ads based on those videos and, uh, putting the video and uploading wherever I can. And also I was focused on, um, figuring out new ways to get reviews on the product. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, there, I mean, there was just more, a lot of time figuring stuff out. Yep. And the more, the more time I had in each single tool or each single thing, the more confidence I gained with it. So I typically would want to, if I was in Google, I'd spend a whole week in Google because mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I couldn't afford to, to hire a Google expert to do all this, right? I had to do it myself in the beginning. Yep, yep. So I'd spend a whole week just getting excited and playing around with Google. I get to spend a whole week playing around with pay-per-click advertising and, and Amazon campaign manager. Uh, I spent a whole week on YouTube sometimes mm-hmm. just to, just to play with it. Did you get success on YouTube? Like some video no. that, no, okay. No. Yeah. And I didn't get success <laughs> on Google either. But, uh, but I did actually but the Google ads some, you're saying? Google ads didn't, didn't, didn't In the beginning, no, I was doing okay. them wrong, okay. right? But eventually I did, right? Eventually after, but at that time I actually was familiar enough with the platform to, you know, by the time I wanted to go back around to Google, I was like, hey, I've spent a whole two weeks in this platform now. I kind of know some what you should do is what you shouldn't mm-hmm, do, right? So, uh, getting familiar with all the aspects and really just figuring it out each step of it was, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of that 18 hour, a lot of the 18 hours for me, it was very exciting. I couldn't yeah. get off it. I yeah, was addicted yeah, yeah. to trying new things. Yeah. Let's see. Can we get one more sale a day? Can yeah, you, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. And I, of course, yeah, I would, ch- would I uh, check my sales probably on an hourly basis to see mm-hmm. if what I did had results <laughs> because sales volume so small at that point. Yeah, you can see. It's really easy to see if anything you did made a big difference, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, doing that and, after you kind of now learn, I learned enough and I got that one product, um, I believe to about $10,000 a month Okay. within that first month. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's very fast. Yeah, it was very fast, yeah. right? Just from spending so much time playing around with it, right? So what, so of all those things, right? The Google ads, the Facebook ads, YouTube, maybe YouTube ads, just YouTube organic. Just YouTube videos. Yep. Um, Amazon ads, whatever else you did, what were the things that did make a difference? Right? Uh, I mean... Naturally, now looking back, I know what the biggest thing that made a difference is campaign manager. Yeah, yeah. Amazon. Natural Amazon, Amazon's Amazon's advertising is what is what really did it. And then looking back, yeah, if I wanted to have time travel, go back, like, hey, Michael, put all your attention, everything you got, into that one thing and stop yeah. messing around with Google for a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. And, and learn to scale that, and learn to grow it, and learn to uh, really take advantage of every single keyword and et cetera, et cetera. And there wasn't back then, it wasn't like no software really mm-hmm. to manage it. Mm-hmm. It was all brand new. Yeah. 
So you had to figure out how to do it yourself, right? Um, now there's all this cool software, which is even a bigger opportunity mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to you know, pull your hair out every five minutes going yeah. to Seller Central and Campaign Manager. Yeah, yeah that would have been the big thing. Talking about the, uh, the Amazon ads and the software, right? I know that uh, you do use Samurai Seller, right? Which yeah. is our software. Absolutely. And in fact, you're probably one I would consider you like a power user. You're like, you know a lot of the things in and out. And in fact, I remember I was at your office uh, maybe six months ago or a year ago. And you had a guy, you hired a guy, some programmer, and you're doing this whole humongous system of like trying to figure out the bids and the history and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, man, you can do this in Samurai. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I mean, wow. Like, I, I, I thought that was amazing, though, because exactly what you were trying to build, it seems like we we, we did that. Yeah, like, no, what, what? it was it was already built. The the, <laughs> I mean, we've been using Samurai for... Uh, I think that that was two years ago now. Oh, was it? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I mean, Time obviously, flies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, it uh, the automation that that created um, for years for us to come. I mean, like the uh, with the bid optimizer, the bulk keyword editor, and, uh, and all the little extra tools have been added. Now you can do sponsored brands and et cetera, et cetera. And you can, I mean, the simplicity also of just basic keyword ranking. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to pick a keyword to target. You know, if you want to go find that keyword within Amazon Seller Central, it's true. good luck. Mm-hmm. Like you are not going to find, like if you are selling a, you know, uh, whatever Xbox, you're selling a spatula, a spatula, right? And you're selling a, a red, uh, red spatula on Amazon, right? And then you are like, okay, well, I'm a red spatula. The keyword I want is red spatula. And then you're like, okay, where's more going to find that keyword within my Seller Central campaign? It would take you sometimes hours. Yeah, like, yeah. You like, find it, it. It's true. And, and again, uh, some of the guys who are listening are, are advanced and some of them are, are not as much. But um, essentially, in Samurai, you could just search by the keyword on your whole campaign. In Campaign Manager, you can only go to the campaign itself and then search within the campaign. Then for the keyword, if it's not there, that could have several ad groups. I mean, it could get a little bit crazy. It gets a little so crazy. So for sure, in, in Samurai, one of the features is you can search either by the search term or by the keyword, and I'll show you everywhere it appears. So, so for the strategy of, of, I mean, the whole... Amazon is a, a, a search engine, right? Mm-hmm. It is it is a competitor to Google for, but only for products. Yep. So the whole name of the game on Amazon is when someone searches your for a product like yours or the exact keyword that product hits upon, the name of the game is getting on the top, right? Yep. So using you can't do that really without and rank those keywords and make sure you're placed with your ad at that top level without using a software program. Mm-hmm. Amazon doesn't have the system within itself to actually be able to do that. So without like the software program like Samurai Seller, I don't actually know of any other software program that does it besides Samurai mm-hmm. Seller actually. Mm-hmm. So without Samurai okay. Seller, uh, <laughs> that you can find that keyword individually, customize your bid for that, and and then you can, you can open up a new window and see that you are the top guy, officially mission accomplished, and now you can start ranking for that keyword. Like that's that's the, what, what most of the sellers do. That's how we do our... Uh, our ranking. That's how we increase our sales. That's how we grow. Yeah, it is. And and I think people do need to really understand that. Like if you are making organic sales and you double down on your ad strategy, you're going to make more sales. Like the ad is a super key thing. Like you could spend 18 hours going to Google, going to Facebook, going to YouTube. But I would, I mean, at least I would say if you're going to spend 18 hours, you probably should spend maybe 14 or 12 hours on Amazon ads. And I, then, I would agree, yeah. And then the rest, I mean, optimize the listing, maybe some keywords, and then maybe put an hour into experimental time. But ads is very much proven. like. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I tell every new seller that comes on board. Yep. Uh, the the top thing I mentioned to them is they're like, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do videos? Should I do I'm like, honestly, if you put 90% of your time right now into PPC, mm-hmm. 
uh, Amazon's PPC, uh, you'll crush it. You could literally do nothing else and you'll have a huge company that you're very proud of. <laughs> um, and you don't have to do Google. You don't have to do YouTube. You don't have to do any of that. If you, I mean, you should absolutely once you get big enough and yep. you have now turned over your PPC to a certain point where you have other people running it and now you can start focusing on the big picture and more avenues of mm -hmm. revenue. But for now, yeah. I mean, honestly, I could tell you at being in the industry for uh, what is it? Eight, eight years now, almost seven years. Uh, I still haven't successfully turned over PPC. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am still myself in there all the time yep. because I get more creative ideas than a lot of staff members do. And sometimes I look at things in a different light than, yes. than my uh, people that I have working for me. Right. So uh, I still am in there all the time and I'm currently actively working on turning it over as best I can. Yep. But it's very difficult. I so agree. yeah, I mean, but in the end, I know that if I spend 80% of my time just on PPC, the company will grow. <laughs> Still, to this I day, know, years I later. I know uh, some really, really huge sellers, and a lot of their time is literally still spent on ads themselves, the CEO. Some like, of the biggest the, sellers I know. That's true. That's, the CEO is yeah. still in PPC, yeah, still yeah, chugging away because really they haven't figured out how to turn it over yet. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I say every new seller spend 90% of your time. Spend 100% of your time. Well, besides the day-to-day -day management inventory, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whatever you have delegated, great. But in the end, you're going to grow. Your growth is with PPC right yep. now yep. until it's not. Yep, until absolutely. you have it turned over completely yep. and trustworthy. Yep. That's great. Okay, good. So then you had that product and then what mm -hmm. happened? Did you like launch another products? How how was your growth from there? And in terms of the, did it sustain it? I mean, I guess you were able to pay yourself at some point, obviously. That's you're point. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how was that expansion from like the first product to more products? Okay, so yeah, I remember I remember this very well. This was a very exciting time for me. Uh, this was Christmas. Um, uh, Christmas time, I think it does in 14. Mm -hmm. I finally got it around to launching my second product, December 15th ish. I think about 15th. My second product had now arrived at Amazon. Mm, that's uh, kind of good timing almost sort of kind of right. Um, so, but either way, um, this, uh, I just, I actually back then you could kind of give away products mm -hmm. to friends yeah, and family. Yeah. And right? that was totally legit. And that was very Amazon legit. Amazon loved it. Amazon loved it. I mean, I think that stopped at the end of 2015, maybe early 2016. Yep. That's right. But it was at the time it was, it's my unbiased review. Yep. Right. And uh, yeah, so cool. Yeah. It was totally cool. I loved it. Compliant with everything. I can get 50 reviews within four days. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. great. So I did that. I had all my friends. I literally went through all the people on my Facebook to leave a review. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was great. So I got my first reviews um very quickly and i went i knew now that my top focus should be ppc mm -hmm. so i just went and spent hours and hours in ppc mm -hmm. um so by this time i wasn't working 18 hours a day anymore i kind of learned i just was spending probably about 10 hours a day okay. mostly within the ppc and building more keywords testing more keywords now at this time my sales were uh by that time by the end of december i had uh, about thirty thousand a month in revenue now nice so I actually started taking my little probably about a thousand a week out for myself personally mm -hmm. to at least start paying my bills. Okay, good. <laughs> while I was before I was start defaulting, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, great. That's awesome. So it was just you just did one of the one more product. One more product, and now those two products. My first product, I was lucky. It was the right niche. It was a hole in the market. There were searches for it, and no one provided the product. I was lucky. I and not lucky. I was more strategic. I don't think luck was a big factor. I actually looked at the market and there was no one selling this product, mm -hmm. right? Wow. So it was strategic. First product did very good. I think by that time in December, it was up to 15000 a month. Uh, the second product was a great choice as well. There was only one competitor uh, at all of Amazon. And um, 
and they were totally different direction than my product. So that took off very quickly. And by that time, yeah, so December was about 30,000 a month. And I was very proud because everyone that started the same time as me, I was brand new in ASM, a yeah, few yeah, months yeah, old, yeah. and about 30000 a month in their first few Woo, months. Right? That's so, hot, yeah. So um, for all those new sellers, they were like, how did you do that? You know, there were, these guys haven't even got their first product yet. Yeah. So, um, so it you was took just action quickly. Quickly. Yeah. I did not hesitate because I was desperate for money yeah. and desperate for a new career. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Okay, great. And then these products, you manufactured these with... How did you manufacture these? Yeah, so... Uh, oh, I, well, the first one, again, you said you had it. I you had already, it. Already. Yeah, that one you already did. Okay, good. Yeah. And then? So uh, the the second one. So now, I was lucky enough, my um, my father was already a manufacturer at that time yeah. of beauty products. Mm -hmm. He was already still in the same industry that I grew up in, right? So um, even though I was working for other companies, I went back to him and asked him to make me some products. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I would, uh, and I would, of course, be a client of his and pay him. And he was a very small-time manufacturer. Yeah. I mean, we're probably at talking... He probably made a thousand products a day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like tops. That was a good day for him. 7,000 uh -huh. products a week that he would manufacture for little tiny clients. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I went to him and I was like, can you make me uh, these products? So originally for the trade show gig, uh, he did that. So then um, I ended up uh, somehow clearing out the rest of my trade show inventory. It wasn't very much left. Okay. Um, I actually did list it on Amazon and did sell it. Uh, okay. But those were products that were not researched and I probably sold. One a week or one a month. Okay. So and you just cleared it out eventually. Just cleared it out eventually, right? So those products did not were not niche. So the second product uh, did well, but so this time I still then only had two products on Amazon. I eventually started listing all the rest of my inventory from my trade show days. Started selling those a little bit too, um, and um, but yeah, he was manufacturer, and that's how I was really quick to the punch. Mm -hmm. So I was in sort of this. You know, it's all about who you know yep. type thing. Mm -hmm. I knew my father, and mm -hmm. he was there, and he yep. was already manufacturing. So I was super quick, no turnaround times. No waiting for shipments from China. Mm -hmm. right. That's great. That, that is that is a big advantage, of course. Yeah. And um, okay, so this company, uh, Private Label Skincare Florida. Yeah. Right? So okay. and 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 years later, so now I'm actually uh, I joined forces after building my own company for years and years. Build my own Amazon company. Eventually, we me and my father talked and we decided to combine forces and merge. And now, some part of that company as well too, which is Private Label Skincare Florida. Nice. And and so um, in that right. I know that all of your formulations, right, you make unique formulations per client, right? So everybody's going to have, you know, when you have a person talking to you, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because some people might want to, okay, they don't want to make a product, another product in China, or maybe they're just starting newly, and they could contact you guys on a contact form on the website, and they'll be like, good, I want this special formula, and you guys can make custom formulations for per client, right? And they could be like, hey, I own this formula for that person. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's, we, uh, yeah, I mean, so far we've made thousands of different custom formulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, we have, uh, I mean up to 30 or 40 requests a week for, um, uh, wow. custom formulations. People want to come, people come in and they want, you know, a formula of, uh, some special new serum mm -hmm. that has, uh, some, you know, uh, Everest flower that only grows in this, and we the gorilla yeah, hair, the gorilla from the hair one from, from King Kong. Exactly, like yeah, yeah. these these very custom formulations that have these unique ingredients and a unique combination of ingredients. Mm -hmm. uh, they request, and we can we have connections to, in all the industry to get all those little ingredients in bulk and in short supply to make samples as well, little tiny, uh, uh, um, you know, orders of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then, uh, yeah, we uh, we make those for uh, so you know whatever client comes along. And request those particular samples, and you know, with um, um, an order. So yeah, we have. That's why we have. I mean, in our books, I don't know how many 
10,000 formulations. It's like, it's insane. Wow. That's great. So, it, so the company has grown quite qu very quickly. So your Amazon company has grown quite a bit. I know that uh, you've grown a lot. And then the manufacturing side has also grown, I mean, exponentially from that time when you're making, uh, th your dad was making at that time a thousand units a day. Um, and now obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah, over the years, um, well, so I, well, originally the way this went is now um, I launched, of course, that from carrying on the time fours in a nutshell, I launched that second product and then I launched that third and the fourth, the fifth, et cetera. And I kept going and I kept, uh, and I added another brand at mm -hmm. one point. So I, I grew that company eventually to about close to 4 million okay. right? uh, uh, a year, okay. a year in sales. Um, at that, that was back in 2017, Okay, 18. Uh, Again, that's a, that's a four, four year old company, three year old company at the time, three or four years and 4 million. I mean, that's pretty, from pretty, zero pretty to 4 hot. million. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And, uh, what is it? Three, mm -hmm. three years or mm -hmm. three or four years. So, um, yeah, at that point we, me, and my, me, and my father had been talking and, well, uh, we spitball an idea one time of merging an event. And then, you know, uh, we're like, Hey, it might be a bad idea. Maybe we should, maybe we should just combine mm -hmm, forces mm -hmm. and vertically integrate manufacturing and e-commerce. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he also had some Amazon accounts as well that he wasn't doing anything with. Mm -hmm. Uh, they were doing very small numbers, like mm -hmm. very tiny. Um, so altogether we were about equal size of companies. Um, and then once we combined, yeah, the, the company, uh, went from, I'll, I'll freely share the numbers. Uh, it went from about 7.6 million a year mm -hmm. to over 30 million a year. Wow. And so, and that, that growth was just in the last, uh, really two years. That's three the combined, years. you're saying that's the combined one? The combined. Okay. Yeah. So that's all combined, all said and done. That's awesome. So, uh, and 50% manufacturing and 50%, um, uh, e-commerce e mm -hmm, retail, mm -hmm. right? So nice. it's half and half. Uh, so you're, you're making, you're making, you guys are making a lot of cash and you're making a lot of cash for your clients. Cause I know this area of, let's say skincare, the margins are pretty healthy. I mean, I yep. think a lot of your clients are doing quite A lot of clients amazing. are crushing it. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, our, we are, because we have such an automated facility now, uh, we have, we have everything down at this point, mm -hmm. right? We have from QC to production line, to blending the lab, et cetera. I mean, we have it. It's a, it's a very easy, beautiful flow line of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, so what we've gotten that, well, and because of all the automation and the quantity we can produce nowadays, uh, the prices have gone significantly down for mm -hmm. a buyer. Mm -hmm. um, so, and also, I mean, when your buyer goes to buy skincare from China, one, it's scary. Yes. Because it's skincare mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. China, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you don't know what the regulations are there. Sure. Uh, and let alone if something can happen to your customer, they get a rash, et cetera. You know, your private liability insurance mm -hmm. up to what amount, you know, et cetera. So when you buy, so in the U.S., uh, we do have a lot of regulations and there are, which is a good thing, even yes. though it's harder for us sometimes, but you can't, we can't send a product down the line without it being thoroughly tested and yep. thoroughly everything. But because we've streamlined that process, we were able to get our pr prices down really low. And so, yeah, in the end, the, the client makes a pretty hefty margin. Mm -hmm. uh, and he can sell a $40, or $30, or $20 item, beauty item on Amazon when he pays two or three bucks or four right. bucks, right? Yeah, that's brilliant. Guys, and the one thing I always talk about is the ROI, right? Because if you're buying a product, like if you're buying a physical product, let's say you're selling a pen, sometimes... You're not, you're not going to be able to sell a pen for more than four bucks or like five bucks. And yeah. you know what I mean? Or a pack of pens for five bucks and you're spending whatever. Like there's not that much room on there. So this is a way to have a special product where it's no one is going to copy you because they do not have your formula. Right? Yep. So 
what can what do people do? So let's say someone's like, yeah, I want to do a skincare, right? They contact uh, private label skincare Florida, and they get we have this formulation X. I did this research on Amazon. What do you see the difference between people doing skincare that just tank and the guys that actually do well? Like, it's I, I from again my experience, but you can clarify. Sometimes the price is you nobody wants to buy like a four dollar face cream, right? Like it just nobody they're like I'm scared of that thing. In the physical product space, it's very different. If you have like a four dollar, whatever set of pens, like people will buy it like crazy. But in, right. uh, in in creams and the stuff, like what is it that makes people sell? So and that that's going to be. I mean, there's so many factors, and beauty is, becomes a whole new animal than compared to other products. Due to the fact that there's actually a there is a feeling mm-hmm. of buying products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is an aesthetic, and there is a uh, there's a certain beauty. Uh, that products have to have. There's a certain display they have to have. So the person, the a beauty product actually has to solicit an emotional response mm-hmm. from the first visual of that product, mm. which, uh, and then they have to understand and, and they have to feel like it's a clean skincare product, right? So it's not full of harsh chemicals. Uh, it's a healthy skincare product mm-hmm. and that's safe for their skin mm-hmm. and they can trust that brand, right? So they have, you have to communicate if you can, a seller that communicates all those things with his packaging design mm-hmm. is are the winning sellers, right? Uh, you know, there's also lots of trends too. So if you can communicate that uh, with also the trend of uh, like in beauty, people love that small business feel now, mm-hmm. right? It's not about the Ultas and the Sephoras and the the huge brands and mm-hmm. the drunk elephant. Of course, there's always a demographic that loves that too. And that's a huge company. But what's happening more and more nowadays is the the small guy, people are supporting the mom pa beauty, mm-hmm. but they have to also communicate they're healthy, clean, and they, you know, they really took their time to make it vegan and really good for you and really healthy, full of superfoods for your skin mm-hmm. and blah, 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 right? So if you can, and that's sort of what's happening nowadays, and that's what's trying. We've hit on a lot of that. Um, you know, we are a small company, we're yes. not a huge corporation, right? right. Yep. Family owned. I mean, hey, well, br- father and son kind yeah. of. And my brother works forth. there. My yeah. sister works there. You there you go. There you yeah. go. Well, the, the whole the whole family is basically working there now, right? Yeah. So it's definitely a family business. So and yeah, in the end, that's how a lot of our stuff is branded. I mean, we we crush it because people want to support that small business, right? And then you know, and then there's the huge companies, but it's a good feeling when you buy that. Mm-hmm. And if you can communicate that in your label, uh, and really give that emotional that emotional response in the beauty. You'll have it. Like mm-hmm. you got it, you know, mm-hmm. you, and you can compete against these huge companies very easily because the customer wants to support you. They already mm-hmm. know these guys have billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's so I what sort of what certifications do you put on? So like vegan, the products that are vegan that you sell the vegan. Mm-hmm. What other like certifications does the factory or, you know, the manufacturing facility that you guys have? What can you or what do you use on some products? Oh, I mean, for sure. It's made in the USA. Yep. It's cruelty free, yep. paraben free, sulfate free. Um, so, uh, there's basic, you know, chemicals. There's, you know, no, no. Uh, there's other certifications that we'll do to kind of indicate. We'll also do a clean skin care as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, you can add little labels to that. Um, a lot of your design will just indicate that naturally okay. that it's clean skin care. Um, so, you know, in our facility, like to adding to the label of those little crucial elements uh, in the beauty category. Um, those are super important. People want to see that they have trust. You know, the we have a, a you know made in the USA. People like that as well because yeah, made in the USA. I think that's a great one. Yeah, we are locally made. I mean, 
Um, so with the cruelty free, that's also a big one as well too. So those. And how do you do that? Is that like do you have to set up with some agency that sets you up as cruelty free, or how do you? How some of these that... things, no. Some of these things, uh, yeah. But I mean, um, in terms of labeling the product, if if you are not cruelty free and you actually test your product to animals, then or your manufacturer does, mm-hmm. uh, if you are caught putting that on a label, you can get in trouble from certain. Yeah, you, for right? sure. You can have. So you're free to put on your label. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, you're free to put on your label though. Okay. If, if there's no. If you guys are not testing on animals, which you're not. Which you're not, right? Yeah. So yep. you know things like that. Definitely put on your label if you are not doing it. You confirm your manufacturer is not. You know, like okay. we are us. We are the manufacturer. We do not test our product animals, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, we 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 do do um, you know certain tests, uh, lab tests, and also what's called a, a patch test to make sure that they do not react or have any adverse reactions on human skin. Okay. So that way we certify the product is clean, good to go. So I mean, there's definitely some regulations on what you put on the label and what you can't, but uh, it's pretty easy to follow once you understand the basics of yeah. it. Okay, nice, nice. And then, so back to back to like just Amazon and getting the things visible on there. So, in terms of spending time on ads, right? Let's just talk about like an ad strategy. Let's say someone's has a product and for some reason it's not selling. What could you do, or what do you do? Like, okay, this product, let's say, is not selling as expected. What do you do? Just take them from like step zero, like to optimize it, right? You have like a few hours, and you're just like, hey, let me fix this product using the ads. It sold a little bit organically. The ads are not doing well. What is kind of your strategy? Uh, to revive, I always call this reviving the dead, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Now, I always find it I always find it tough sometimes, especially if the product's been sitting at Amazon for a long time, with being a non-seller or mm-hmm. being a dead product, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So my, my phrase that I always say is it's easier to give birth to the living mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. revive the dead, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love launching new products. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, so, and it's very easy because Amazon gives you a lot of reward for a new product. Amazon mm-hmm. loves new products as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, when there are a lot of attempts though, I will give, if I have inventory, I launched a product two months later, I look back, uh, I did a ton of stuff to launch it and it's still not really selling. It's losing keyword ranking. Um, uh, I, there's a couple of things I look at. Uh, the first thing I'll look at is, um, is their PPC campaign set up mm-hmm. and are they working? Are they functioning? correctly uh do they all are they getting impressions are they Mm -hmm. getting clicks are they getting bids yep and if i see all those things are occurring but none of the keywords are converting Mm -hmm. so it is getting clicks it's getting getting clicks getting impressions are fine yeah so that's the first step now most of the time though i find out if the product if the product seems to have good reviews and everything seems fine with the product i'll most of the time find out that it's not getting clicks and it's not getting impressions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. most of your problems gonna be that now some so there now I've I've encountered many scenarios on this. So the next scenario is so I kind of have a checklist. The next scenario I'll go through is okay if it's getting clicks, getting impressions, but no one seems to want to buy it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Yeah. Right. So now I'll actually take a kind of detailed look at the product listing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have people that do this now, but um, there are um, I'll, I'll look at every little detail from the title to the pictures to uh, the bullet points mm-hmm. to the enhanced brand content. That's the whole. You know, the whole listing of the product with all the graphic images. Uh, I'll take a look at everything. And then if I really just see that the product is three and a half stars, yep. I'm like, well, that makes sense, right? It, it, instantly, I found out why the product's not selling. It's because it's a really low star rating. Yep. Something actually legitimately went wrong with this product along the line. 
and people didn't like it, yeah. right? It burned their skin or did this or did that, whatever. Usually it's not burned the skin. It's, yeah, yeah. it's you know, <laughs> it, they, it didn't specify that it's a body cream, not a face cream, so it burned their face, right? Yeah, so yeah. I should have made the directions more clear, yeah, right? Yeah. Whatever problem occurred. Uh, then now I have to actually, what I do is I'll, I'll, I'll put it on a relaunch list. I'll rework the product. Mm -hmm. I'll rework the labeling, rework the directions, and then attempt to relaunch it now mm -hmm. with a new with a new ASIC. Okay. So this means a you new code. A slight, a slight modification. You've changed again. You've changed the label. Technically speaking, on Amazon, if you change the label of a product, you're supposed to make a new ASIN. Now, again, it's even talking to Amazon. They're like, well, you can't always do that. Like, God, I just changed the label. But with the terms of service, as long as you change the product a little bit, you can. You're actually allowed to make another ASIN. Yep, so that which is what I do. Uh, the product always requires a change at that mm -hmm. point, right? The label yep. requires a change. Mm -hmm. The formulation requires a change. Okay. Something went wrong. Yes. So most of the time, there is something to correct. Okay, good. Um, because people don't like it, right? So I'm going to fix the parts. I'm going to look at the reviews. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see the parts they didn't like, right? Because the, the traffic was not converting, right? So I know, and I saw the negative reviews, I didn't like it. Now, if the product is, so at that point, that's a whole different process, and it kind of goes off to two different paths, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if the product does have good reviews and it is four or five stars, uh, four and a half stars, um, I'll see like a four star product. I know the advertising will convert, but it won't convert that well sometimes. Yep. But if I have four and a half star product or above and the advertising is still, I mean, most of the time the advertising is going to convert. It just means you don't have enough campaigns yep. or enough keywords, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is pretty much 99% of the time I find sometimes though, I do find the product, um, has something kind of blatantly or obviously wrong, or it's just angled slightly wrong uh, from the perspective that the buyer would have. Like the, the main, product. like the main image, or you mean like the positioning of the product? Itself? The positioning of the product, okay. like it's okay. the peop the problem it's supposed to handle, mm -hmm. or the thing it's supposed to be good for. Yep, it's not really hitting that. Right, mm -hmm. it's hitting. So it's going in a different direction. It's a rash right? cream, but then the pictures are all about I don't know beautiful skin and yeah. uh, makeup and girls, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got great stars on it, but the the pictures all reflect like a, just a beautiful yeah. you know summer day and a girl and with makeup on. You're like, but it's a rash cream, yeah. right? Let's yeah. show some rashes, yeah. right? <laughs> Something obvious like that will usually be occurring. Otherwise, in theory, every single product on Amazon will sell mm -hmm. with good star ratings, with relevant good content. You'll crush it. And mm -hmm. as long as you have your PPC on and your campaigns are getting impressions and clicks and they will generate sales. And so, and let's say it's not getting as many clicks or impressions. Like how do you find the best keywords to advertise? Like what's your strategy in terms of in the ads, the time spent in the campaign manager? Like what are the things that you're going to do? Uh, so that's going to be a lot of uh, keyword research mm -hmm. generally. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, look at, uh, I'm going to look at, I'm going to use a software program called Helium 10 mainly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so I love Helium 10. This software program has 15 software programs within it mm -hmm. uh, under one login, which is great. So they have a, uh, they have a reverse ASIN tool, mm -hmm. uh, which basically allows you to take any ASIN and pull up all the keywords that it's ranking for mm -hmm. and indexed for, um, which is uh, great. So then you could pull, so those words that, Already, Amazon has predetermined your product. So you're reverse acing your own ASIN, or a so competitor. I'm reverse acing. Okay. Yeah. So I will absolutely do my competitors as well too, and and gather keywords that mm -hmm. way. Uh, but I want to see already. My first strategy is I want to get my own top keywords okay. that Amazon already considered my product relevant for. Okay. Right. It's easy. It's low hanging fruit. Uh, there's. Uh, uh, if usually I don't, if there's something wrong with the advertising, I don't have those in there. Mm -hmm. And I want to individually be aggressively pushing those keywords 
Next, I'm going to do the same thing to my competitor's listing with mm. reverse ASIN tool, right? Okay. I'm going to get my own low-hanging fruit, then I'm going to get everyone else's. So first, I'm going to go after all that low-hanging fruit. And then uh, at that point, there's um, more keyword research I'll do just based on a keyword phrase, uh, similar phrase, et cetera. I've only given a lot of staff to this. I haven't done this myself in a yeah, very long bit. time. Yeah, right? yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's but yeah, so many options. So the ones that you're, you're, Amazon already likes you for that keyword. Well, if you advertise on it, then you get more spots and hopefully you'll also rank for that product. You'll get sales. Yeah, you know, exactly. The thing will just roll. I mean, if you notice, like uh, if, if Amazon already gave you um, a keyword that was good search volume, I usually only go for a thousand searches and above. Mm-hmm. Um, if it gave you that keyword, it already has good search volume. Amazon's like, Hey, you're ranking number 15 for this product already. The product just launched or it's, you're just kind of sitting there. I'm like, great. So now I'm going to do, I'll actually search for that keyword myself in mobile and incognito. And, uh, I'll look to see like, wow, I'm Amazon considers me relevant for this keyword, but I'm ranking number 22 organically and mm-hmm. I don't have any ads, right. Or ranking number 15 organically, but I have no ads. I'm not even showing up any place. I already know there's a history with me and Amazon and that keyword. So, of course, I'm going to take now the number one or number two spot on advertising uh, because it's going to convert. And, you know, yeah. most of the time it does, yeah, right? Sometimes yeah, it yeah. doesn't, but either way, I'm going to be aggressive with that keyword. So, and do you know the bit, like you're starting bid? So, like, are you using, using like the suggested bid? Or are you going above the suggested bid? Um, how are you calculating kind of your, your bids? Specifically for keyword ranking strategies, I'm going to the tip top. Um, the top of the suggested top of the suggested. Okay. So I'm, well, I mean, honestly, I've adjusted bids to go $7 to make sure I get the number oh one my spot gosh. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, because I just have decided that that what keyword was my keyword mm. and I, and I have objectively or subjectively decided that I'm going to get that number one keyword. And there's been a lot of times that it's been very expensive, but in the end, the bid cost has come down and mm-hmm. I've, and I've ranked really well last year i did that with the products that i had that were covid related mm-hmm. and i i went up and i would put ten dollar bids on some wow. words to make sure that i held that number one spot and is it, these are products that are how like forty dollars thirty dollars like seven dollars not on a seven dollar item like it's not not a sale price of seven dollars oh, no, yeah. seven dollars okay yeah, yeah. yeah higher aov <laughs> products yeah, right yeah. so uh typically a lot of these products will go from 25 to 40 to $50. Okay. So I do have, even with a $25 product, you have some room to advertise. If you're selling a $7 product, you can't go that high. Mm-hmm. Bids, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I think, it's, I think a lot of people will say you can never go that high, like $7. Oh, some people say that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I want to, I just want to win. Right. So I'll, yeah. uh, whatever it takes. But and there's, and realistically, un- unless <clears throat> someone listens to this podcast episode, they're not even, some people will not even come to their mind to even think about bidding that high. Like they're just not going to, like, it's just not even a thought process. So most of, I'm assuming you're probably not paying $7 for a click because you're going to pay what the second person had the highest bid for. That's correct. Most of the time it's going to be $3 and 30 cents or, you know, uh, every once in a while there is a keyword that will start running Someone else had that idea. Yeah. You got three people bidding seven bucks. Amazon's going to charge you so seven another bucks. Guy, another guy had the same idea as me. It was like, this is my keyword. I'm yeah. taking it. I don't care what I have to pay. Yeah. And then I go, well, it's my keyword. And then yeah. we just start battling it out. <laughs> right. And then I, I usually am a little tougher and a little stronger than mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And he'll give out first. And then I'll. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And sometimes I'm so dedicated to getting a keyword, I'll, I'll just keep writing it, writing it, writing it, even with a really high ACOS, uh, ACOS, which mm-hmm. is the average cost of sale. Yep. Now, also, I don't really care 
if I'm spending um, $100 to make $100 in advertising on that product, right? Mm-hmm. Or even spending $120 to make $100. I don't really go by that metric. I mm-hmm. go by um, the, the total, total cost of adver- of the advertising sale. The right? tacos. Or the the t- tacos. Yeah, so like your, your spend versus your total sales on the product yeah. or on the account or whatever. I, I go by a trend, yeah. right? I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at, am I gaining keyword ranking? Mm-hmm. Is this product increasing in keyword ranking? Uh, fine, I spent a lot of money in ads for that product yesterday, but did it go above my tolerable threshold? Mm-hmm. So I actually give myself some playroom uh, within a product. If a product is generating $20,000 in sales a day, yeah. right? Um, I, yeah, I will gladly spend $2,500, right? $3,000 on yep. that product to keep it growing and expanding mm-hmm. it. You know, in an ideal world, I like to spend 10%, yep. right? I get everything to be 10% tacos. But with growth, um, get a little aggressive sometimes. So yep. overall, you know, sometimes we we right now we're about fifteen percent for the entire account. Yep. In growth mode. Yeah, and 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 for a, a product that's a repeat customer, that's definitely pretty good. I would say. I mean, that's because that, a lot of those guys will just keep buying. Yep. Now, if you have a consumable product, I mean, that's a whole other thing you have to consider. There's there's AOV and there's LTV, so the lifetime value of each customer. Now, given the fact that I mean, I looked at my metrics recently, they're not. It's not amazing how many repeat customers yeah, we yeah. buy, but it increases every year. We keep adding them on. We keep adding them on. <clears throat> so, it's definitely a um, a very workable strategy when you have a consumable to really invest in your future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, great. And so, um, just kind of parting words, right? Somebody's. What, let's say let's say someone is like, hey, I'm done with with China. Uh, I don't want to sell any more China products. I want to make stuff here in the U.S. Like, what is what do you think is a good reason for someone to make, let's say, a product here in the U.S. or make a cream or you know make something proprietary? You know, work with Private Label Skincare Florida, kind of approach something in that fashion. What what have you seen the benefits? What have you seen like why would you someone do that? Why would someone buy from the U.S. basically or manufacturer like me? U.S. or from you guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Or both or whichever one you want to yeah. feel like talking about. Um, I mean, being in manufacturing for a long, uh, since I was a kid, uh, I've seen and touring many manufacturing facilities. Um, I've seen I've seen it all. And um, I've been to China as well. And I've seen manufacturing facilities there for beauty mm-hmm. uh, at one point as well. Um, so I've seen it all. And I've seen uh, the processes. Uh are we better than everybody else? Yeah, we are. <laughs> like, I after seeing it all, and the, I mean, one thing that you don't know about the cosmetic industry is how many products in the beauty and skincare, how many products test live or test hot for bacteria. Many manufacturers will go, if you go and walk into manufacturing to look at their SOPs for, uh, you know, their cleaning process, their, when they use the tubes and how they clean out the tubes and they're mm-hmm. done, they're done, there's all these little things that a lot of people haven't, scaled for it's not that it's their, their fault they haven't learned to do it yet they haven't been there's not really a lot of force down on that right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. uh a lot of vendor a lot of customers are actually very what's one of the first questions is uh are your products you know are they tested or that right and so we provide all the results for them right so it's a big difference in us i'm not saying every manufacturer has that there's a lot of big manufacturers that actually do a very good job with uh microbes mm-hmm, it's called mm-hmm. right um so that's one thing that we have basically like an entire uh, division of our company dedicated toward is is we have a statistics monitoring that we have zero rate of that ever occurring if it ever does occur it's an instant quarantine da, 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 right so most manufacturers don't do go to that extent okay. so but in terms of us too i mean yeah our lead times are way faster our products mm-hmm. probably are in the end the same price as china 
except you don't pay for shipping, right? right. And then you're getting a much harder, higher quality product that's from the U.S., et cetera. So, I mean, I don't really want to – I'm not actually in the manufacturing part of the company. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I could say that from being a buyer of the yeah. manufacturer, mm-hmm. which I really do, I mm-hmm. provide, uh, uh, all of my products are from that same manufacturer, which is us. Yeah. They are very high-quality products. I mean, yeah, they are yeah. five-star products. Uh, I get so many good reviews. Occasionally, uh, I have a bad idea, and uh, it's more that my idea was a bad idea, so the product gets low reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even occasionally, uh, there is a product that you know wasn't formulated correctly, yeah. but that has really happened recently, lately that we've gotten. Yeah, and I think you mentioned uh, before, let's say back in the earlier days, Right, someone might have had issues with a product because you you had before outsourced some of this manufacturing process, and that yep. was and that has changed. Like, yeah. What we, about the transition? You want to talk about the transition? Briefly? Yeah, we 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 used to get our our blending done. So this is basically uh, the big vats of product of a beauty product that is mixed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to have that outsourced to a third party facility. Mm-hmm. We had to stop because. Um, the product kept coming back hot, right? Yeah. So mm. uh, they did not have the SOPs and everything in place to make clean skincare, mm-hmm. right? Or bacteria-free skincare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also, I mean, bacteria of skincare tends to cause breakouts and a bunch of other stuff too, right? So uh, once we found that out, uh, we immediately cut the cut the cord and brought uh, blending in-house as well to have our own standard operating procedures um, integrated with our own blending facility to not have any micro issues uh, or, you know, blending issues mm-hmm. or the product would be hot, right? So, and then also everything, of course, is triple tested and all our products are sent in a quarantine area for 72 hours to make sure they don't grow anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very common in the skincare industry for products to uh, grow. Really? L- cultures of stuff. You'd be surprised, yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think that's a good time to end. <laughs> uh, leave leave the idea with yeah, the, yeah, the well. growing, <laughs> about the growing... <laughs> It's fascinating. So, um, okay, good. So, thanks so much for coming, and um, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure. Pleasure. See you guys.